Welcome to Aging Vision. I'm Deanne Martin-Soros, your host, who is thrilled to have you join us today. We want to start by thanking our sponsor, Amdahl In-Home Care, and the support of this mission. If you're a first-time listener, you can reference the introduction show from my background and experience, but I was recently asked, why am I doing a podcast? My initial response is that I believe I have a lot of knowledge when it comes to the process of aging and the challenges that it poses, but what does that really mean to you, the listener, and why is thinking about aging important to begin with? My hopes is that it means that you might just find one snippet in the show that might be helpful to you now or in the future. No one likes to think about aging, including myself. There are things about aging that just aren't pleasant, and we definitely don't like to discuss it. It makes our own mortality even that much closer. As I referenced in the intro show, I'm 55 years old, so I'm having my own aging experiences. And two extremely frustrating things are vision and hair growth. And when you put the two together, they can be a compound problem. Your ability to see things up close starts to decline over our lifetimes. And after age 40, it becomes more noticeable. It is a completely normal process and we will vary in age as to when it impacts us individually. It's called presbyopia. We all have that friend that holds something out to try to read it, making you wonder if their arm could possibly stretch any further. I get the vision of Elastigirl from The Incredibles. If that arm could just go five inches further, they might be able to see what they're trying to read. I had to cave and get glasses, bifocals, so I could see my computer monitor and for those really close-up tasks. What an adjustment that was, but really, who am I kidding? Uh, I don't think I've adjusted to them. Hormones, on the other hand, are causing changes to happen with hair growth. Women can get gray or dark hair on their lip or chin. Men, on the other hand, get hair growing out of their nose and ears. Neither one are a pretty picture, and for me, it has been one of the first signs I've struggled with. I want to be able to embrace aging, but gosh, I hate finding a chin hair. Makes you wonder, did anybody else see that? How long has it been there? Okay, okay, let's get back on topic as to why aging vision. Over the years, it's been obvious to me that there's going to be much planning needed for the number of elderly we're going to have. The impact is going to be very vast. I have a tendency to be a pretty passionate person, and this is an area of great passion for me. Years ago, I was at a stoplight, and I was watching a man that was crossing the street with a cane. I'm sure he was going as fast as he was able, but it just wasn't enough for the green light. I came home and I vented to my husband all excited about the need there's going to be to extend the amount of time for a green crosswalk light to stay on. He, of course, looked at me like I was nuts and, and asked me, why do you think of these type of things? But anyway, I hope that gives you an idea of how my mind works when it comes to aging. After I was asked as to why I'm doing Aging Vision, there have been two articles published that have some enlightening data in them that made it very easy to explain, I hope anyway, as to why I'm doing this podcast. CNN published an article on December the 12th, 2019, that was entitled, More People in the U.S. Are Dying at Home Than at a Hospital. Throughout my career, I've hoped and prayed that there is going to be a better acceptance of dying, and this article is validation that it might just be happening. I'll have a link to the article on the Aging Vision website, which is agingvision.com. But I want to share some of that information from the article with you. According to a report that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, for the first time since the early 20th century, more people in the United States are dying at home than in a hospital. Researchers studied data on natural deaths. 
Natural deaths are defined as uh, deaths that are caused by a medical condition such as heart attack, stroke, or cancer. So they will not include deaths from things like accidents or suicides. The data was collected over a period of 14 years from 2003 to 2017 by the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, better known as the CDC. In 2017, hospital deaths remain common at almost 30%, but the encouraging fact is that it's almost a 10% drop from the 2003 numbers, which was close to 40%, so it means less people are dying in hospitals. In my opinion, hospice is a Medicare benefit that is way underutilized and quite misunderstood by most people. In future shows, we will be going into more details on hospice. My nanny had hospice for seven months at the end of her life, and my mother to this day is forever grateful for their support. In 2003, only 0.2% of all natural deaths were on hospice. I was actually quite shocked at how low that number was. The irony of that situation is that in 2003, I had opened an in-home care office in a community where I was doing some of the initial marketing. I gave a presentation to a large cancer center, and after the presentation, I was meeting individually with one of the physicians, and I described that my company was an adjunct to hospice. He leaned into me and whispered, we don't discuss that around here. Chemo makes money. I couldn't believe that he was just so frank and honest about it. I mean, anyway, even though that philosophy didn't surprise me, based on the experiences that I had, it still was shocking to hear. The most positive thing I take from the article is that from a measly 0.2% of deaths that were using hospice, the number has climbed to over 8% in 2017. I attribute this to consumer education, and I'm hopeful increased training in medical schools about the natural process of dying. Studies show that most people would rather die at home versus anywhere else. If I can help educate in some way as to how someone can be in control of their end-of-life process, then I will feel as though my career path has been fulfilled. The second article was published by the New York Times on December 23, 2019. It's entitled, We're Getting Old, But We're Not Doing Anything About It. Again, the link will be on the Aging Vision website if you'd like to reference the article. Now, this article, it's a little more depressing and something I've been very aware of for several years, and I hope it's something that makes everyone think about the future of aging. It's based on demographic trends, which of course can change, and hopefully in this situation we will see some level of improvement. I just don't have a lot of faith that we'll be enough of what we need in the time frame that we need it. Trends are currently showing a decrease in births in the United States. The National Center for Health Statistics reported that the birth rate among women of childbearing age has dropped to a record low. This has been from a continuing sharp sharp decline that started in births that began around 2008. At the same time, the Journal of the American Medical Association reported an increased death rate in the 25 to 64-year-old age group, with the main causes thought to be opioid overdoses, alcoholism, and suicide. That is a very depressing situation when you really think about it, and hopefully as a country we have a way to get a handle on some of that. By the year 2031, only 11 years from now, the oldest baby boomers will turn 85. My experience has shown me that between the age of 85 and 90, without having major medical issues, most people will need some form of assistance. Having major medical issues usually means that you're going to require some level of care prior to age 85. 
the assistance that's needed could be minor. It could be maybe some help with some shopping, maybe some meal preparation or assistance with bill paying. By age 85, 50% of people will have some form of dementia. The population of the prime caregiving age group is from 45 to 64, and that age group is only expected to increase by 1% by the year 2030, while the population over age 80 will increase by 79%. I mean, think of that. The number of people that are going to need help, and there's just not going to be enough people to provide it. For someone like me, this becomes the truly scary part if these trends continue. I know how hard it's becoming in certain areas to already recruit caregivers. A recent published article in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society indicates that the likelihood that one out of every seven 65-year-olds today can expect to be disabled for at least five years before death. And that largest increase in the disabled population is projected to occur in the 2030 years. An article that I read this past summer is showing what the impact of limited caregivers can mean to people. It was published by the Washington Post on August the 14th of 2019, and it's entitled, This Will Be Catastrophic. Maine Families Face Elder Boom, Worker Shortage, and in Preview of Nation's Future. There'll be a link to the article on the Aging Vision website. In the year 2018, one-fifth of the state of Maine's population was over age 65, and it's growing. There is already a shortage of workers in the state. The largest nursing home chain at times must go without allowing new admissions because of lack of staff. The president of the agencies that provides care to Medicaid recipients statewide indicates they are unable to staff 6,000 authorized hours of care a week. That is 1,500 shifts if they were being done at four hours per shift. Rates for privately paid in-home care are being charged as high as $50 per hour, and an employee bidding war is beginning for caregivers. In some areas, there is no availability. People must go without help because there's just absolutely no staff for the requested needs. What is happening with Maine's aging population is going to happen in states throughout the country over the coming decade. Based on my experience, it's going to happen in pockets of states first. Areas that have a high elderly population, think of nice retirement areas. I already see it in an area near me that is aging faster than the rest of the nation. These areas are usually areas that caregivers can't afford to live in. In my opinion, it will eventually define where elderly are able to live out their final years. Some of this data is depressing. My hope is to make you think about what you want your aging vision to look like. Then I hope to empower you to make sure your wishes are being carried out. I want to describe one of those situations where someone's wishes didn't get carried out. And that situation was one of those that uh, further helped define my belief system. 20 years ago, when I first started my company, I had the opportunity to set up care for a couple in their home. They never had any children, so they placed their financial and medical power of attorney with a financial advisor that they had known for years. We'll go into more details on these documents in further shows. An advanced directive is an additional document that helps your medical power of attorney carry out your health care wishes, and their advanced directive to this day remains one of the most beautiful that I have ever read. They described in detail how they wanted to stay home until the end of their lives, including preferences on being read to, positioned in sunlight, and having music played. This couple was financially very well off and had the means to remain in their home as they desired. 
Unfortunately, the husband had a sudden event that ended his life in a hospital, and he was the more cognitively alert of the two. His wife's dementia worsened after his death, but she was happy in her home and well cared for. Care can be very expensive, especially when it becomes required 24 hours a day, and without her alert spouse, she needed the extra monitoring. The financial advisor that they had entrusted to carry out their wishes took an attitude that she doesn't know what's going on any longer and suddenly made the decision to place her in a nursing home. I tried to reference him to the advance directive that she wanted carried out, and he said that she doesn't know anything anymore and wouldn't know the difference. I have had experiences in my career that really hit me hard, and this was one of them. I remember hanging up the phone and just having a good cry. In my business, I've had the ability to talk with people that don't know where to turn in whatever the situation that they might be dealing with. Most of the time, they really have no clue to options, costs, coverage, needs, and so many other things. If we can't help someone, it has always been my desire to give them resources so they can keep looking for solutions to whatever issues they are facing. Over the years, many have been so grateful for the time spent in just answering questions. Personal care can be so sensitive and overwhelming, and I found that many people appreciate honesty in what they are facing. The other thing I've noticed is that most family members are dealing with these situations in crisis mode versus preparation mode, and most of the people needing assistance are in denial that they need any form of help, which makes it even that much harder on the family members. And I believe this comes about for numerous reasons. They could have some beginning dementia that is recognizable to them and causes frustration, which can lead to anger. And that makes people kind of push away from others. It could be stubborn pride to allow someone to help, or they just may not want to be a burden on their loved ones. This makes it extremely hard, and even though a simple solution might exist for that moment in time, it goes unchecked. Simple solutions can delay... Uh, some of the more difficult situations in the aging process. I plan to provide you suggestions all along the way that might help you in assisting someone you love. I want to leave you with the name Noah. I have a trademark on the name in a certain format that is an abbreviation for something that I believe is one of the, the four most important things when it comes to day-to-day -day aging maintenance. I will eventually discuss this more and how it came about, but for now, the N is nutrition. If you have a loved one that you're worried about, one of the most important things you can assist with in a small way is nutrition. As people age, they can let their nutrition slip for a number of reasons, and poor nutrition will bring on a host of other problems. My mother retired early to spend the last seven months of my nanny's life with her, but prior to that time, I had been feeding my nanny for almost 12 years, starting from when she was 79 years old. It began after I noticed that she was buying a six-pack of tacos from Taco Bell and eating on it for a few days. I began by buying divider containers, and I'd make sure that I cooked enough at our dinner for her to have a meal as well. My daughter used to joke and call them nanny containers. I would just drop one by on my way to work and tell her I cooked too much food and I wanted to share. It started out as three times a week, and eventually it evolved to where I did all of her grocery shopping and almost all of her dinners were provided by me. Not everyone can do what I was able to do based on geography. Meals on Wheels or programs of similar names are located nationwide. The programs are being operated at a local level, usually by nonprofits, and they receive a mix of funding from either local, state, or federal monies. 
Some programs have limited resources based on their needs, and they have long waiting lists. This is a meal delivery program that brings a hot meal or meals that can be stored in the refrigerator to be warmed up. Eligibility can vary in the 5,000 programs nationwide, so you will have to seek that out and find some of the individual requirements. Usually, though, it's an age greater than age 60. You must have some form of medical issue or disability, and you must be homebound. Homebound is a term that means it's very taxing for an individual to leave the home. There could also be a sliding scale cost based on someone's income, but it's not completely income driven, meaning that you have to be extremely low income to be eligible for it. If you live afar, there are many other options now that didn't used to exist, specifically pre-prepared meals that can be shipped directly to the home and warmed up. Some communities have local people preparing a healthy, conscious, appropriately apportioned meal for elderly and will deliver them. And they, and in some areas, they're even adhering to medical required diets. I believe you will see an increase of businesses like this as the aging population grows. You can even ship groceries with programs like Instacart, which is in the United States and Canada. Aging Vision is going to explore numerous topics, topics that will provide suggestions and tools to manage caring for someone. My goal is to also make you think about what the future holds for you. I hope that you understand that it isn't a topic that we should ignore. It is going to come on like gangbusters, and my desire is to touch as many people as possible to make them think about what they would like their aging vision to be. Our next show, we are going to delve into the types of care options that are available, coverage of those options, and the costs of care. This seems to be an area that is is least understood when someone is at the crossroads of needing some assistance. It's also an area that comes with sticker shock to many. I plan to produce two shows a month, and you will be able to ask specific questions on the website. I would like to again thank our sponsor, Amdahl In-Home Care, for providing support for this podcast. And if you'd like to support the show, please subscribe. Possibly you can take a screenshot to share with others or even the old-fashioned way by telling your family and friends to check out agingvision.com. Until next time, thank you for listening, and whatever walk that you are on, I hope that you can look for joy in your day. Thank you.